You're listening to the Place Northwest podcast, your digital resource for the latest insight and analysis on all things property in the northwest of England. Hello and welcome to this Place Northwest podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wheeler. Today, we will be talking about Rochdale's recovery following their financial crash in 2008. Ten years ago, the high street was in a sorry state, and many residents and stakeholders had lost confidence in the town. This was compounded when McDonald's quit the town centre, which was seen by many as a symbol of Rochdale's decline. But ten years on, the story is very different. Here to take us on the journey from then until now is Steve Rumbelow, Chief Executive of Rochdale Council, and Neil Eccles, Head of Innovation at the Rochdale Development Agency. So let's um, let's rewind in time, shall we, back to 2011. Um, there was an article in The Guardian uh, which picked on the um, fact that McDonald's was leaving the high street in Rochdale and sort of around that painted this picture of, of decline and, and, uh, and a pretty sorry state, as I said in, in the introduction, of the, of the high street following the financial crash. Steve, I'll start with you. How did Rochdale find itself in that position? Well, I, it's, pre, it's pretty uh, sad, isn't it, that McDonald's is, a, is seen as such an economic indicator. And actually, um, the r- problems in Rochdale started way before the crash in 2008 um, and way before McDonald's exited the town. Um, the issue that we've really been grappling about uh, against is the sort of deindustrialization that goes back many, many years before that. Um, and that's what we're trying to address now, actually. It's that decline um, that was um, indicated by um, a, a new industrial revolution to some extent, the, the industrialization, the, the end of the predominance of heavy industry, uh, higher tech jobs, uh, and we still have a, a, a very, we're still very proud of the uh, manufacturing base that we have, but we lost a lot of a lot of those sort of those those big uh, job generators um, that we had in town in the in the fifties and sixties. Yeah, and I, I was reading an article uh, earlier today, and it said that twenty percent of Rochdale's economy is made up of manufacturing, which is double the national average. Um, and we'll come on later to talk about uh, AMPI, which is a very sort of exciting project coming forward in Rochdale. Um, Neil, um, what were the key issues aside from the decline in, in uh, manufacturing industries that needed addressing 10 years ago that you have addressed in the intervening period? Yeah, I suppose that if I can just add as well to what, what Steve mentioned, um, when you look at the track, the the this experience Rochdale's had. Certainly, if you go back in the 80s, uh, manufacturing employed something like 31,000 people in Rochdale and made up almost half of the borough's employment. So, you know, it has, even though it's, it's double the national average, I think you could reflect that across the whole area. But, you know, you will have seen, I think, lots of that in the set in the context of when the crash happens, high levels of deprivation different elements to do with skills issues unemployment certainly high vacancy rates things like flooding as well has been a perennial issue for for Rochdale as well elements relate to the natural 
the environment, which has steered some of our approach to how we've approached some of these elements. But some of them aren't necessarily distinctive to places like Rochdale. They're just sort of experienced across perhaps the north of England. And it's not necessarily a typical story of of what Rochdale's experienced. But I think particularly as you as you reference that time around the financial crisis, there was just a number of um, certainly series of events that had happened, whether it be, you know, Gordon Brown coming up and there was that, that lady, Gillian Duffy, who made snide remarks um, right through to, as Steve mentioned, that you know, McDonald's um, stories of benefit cheats, etc. So you've seen this, this sense of real issue after issue coming forward but i think you've always had that sort of pioneering spirit within within rochdale that that's always been there in terms of when you think back of that cooperative movement that started here and the types of people that that rochdale spun out such as john bright and the radical mill owners that created the town hall which i think you've, you've covered in one of your podcasts so you know the story of the most recent times is not typical to rochdale but i think you know, as Steve mentioned, if you take that much broader approach, you have seen some macroeconomic changes that we've really been wrestling with for a long, long time. What the Guardian article did do, Dan, is I, I think it demonstrated uh, the impact of that longer term context. It means that pl places like Rochdale that have suffered uh, over those years, when there is an economic shock, it gets hit harder. And that's that's what... Uh, that article in the Guardian was really demonstrating, I think, that the place was in bad shape because of what had been happening over the previous 10, 20, 30 years. And therefore, when you get an economic shock, it hits, you, it hits those places harder. Yeah. And I think we have to caveat the article as well with the fact that, you know, if you think about McDonald's now, yes, they're in city centres and places of high footfall, but generally otherwise, they're out of town. Um, and that was kind of a move that was happening anyway. So I think there was probably an element of the Guardian latching onto that and, and using it to spin a wider narrative. Um, but that being said, you know, there was people who were interviewed for the article, residents and business owners in Rochdale, who said the town centre was dead, complete lack of confidence. What was the council's strategy there? You know, looking at the, at the situation and, and the decline in, in manufacturing, what was the plan to breathe new life into the town centre? And we will get onto the away from the town centre later on, but just thinking about the town centre for the, the meantime. Well, I mean, the issues underlying, the issues that we created was that, I mean, there was a fundamental issue about the number of jobs, as Neil's just talked about. There's an issue about the quality of jobs and an issue about skills. And, and they were the, the key issues, I think, that the council knew it needed to, uh, to, to address. It was a place that um, had lost, lost its economic mojo um, in many ways, and I think uh, we've we started to see that mojo coming back over the last few years, and that's because the the council, I think, recognised what needed to be done. It, it um, developed the regional, uh, the Rochdale Development Agency, to help to to um, create the interventions that that were felt necessary, um, and to to rebuild the economy essentially, and to. To, to change the trajectory that that uh, we'd been on for for a long long time, and some of that was about being ambitious and being prepared to make a big plan. And colleagues will have heard me say many times that one of my favourite um, quotes is from a, a guy called Burnham, not not Andy Burnham, Daniel H. Burnham, um, who said, "Make no little plans; they have no um, magic to stir men's blood." And that's the the, the attitude the council took was that it need, knew it needed a big plan for the borough. Um, 
it knew that was going to be hard and long term. It had the political leadership, I think, that were recognised that growth was important and getting getting that getting back to growth was important, and that's been consistent over those number of years, particularly the last few years, but over the, over those a lot of those those years. Um, um, and politically, I think there was a, a point at which uh, the council decided it wasn't going to accept second best anymore, and it wanted to make sure that on, only the best was good enough for, for the borough. Yeah. And so that, that, it was that mindset that enabled um, the creation of some of the strategies that uh, we've got now, um, which, which are very much about breathing new life back into the economy, building on what, we've, what, what our strengths were. Though. I think that's the, the important thing to recognise is that the in, in industrial history of Rochdale is really powerful. Um, and it's that um, that we're that we're reinvigorating really. We're we're looking at, at uh, very much a, a manufacturing uh, focus, but it's modern manufacturing. It's advanced manufacturing. Uh, it's doing new things and taking advantage of the sort of being past the fourth industrial revolution really. Yeah, absolutely. Neil, um, Steve mentioned the Rochdale Development Agency there. Um, how integral has that? partnership and that vehicle being in the the renaissance of, of Rochdale? It's been absolutely integral to the, the approach. And I think Steve mentioned building on the strengths. And I think if you look at Greater Manchester did a report in 2019 called the Independent Prosperity Review. And they took a look at how the different economies of, of Greater Manchester had grown. And they'd shown in the 20 years to 2016, Manchester's economy had grown by 83% and Salford and Trafford had grown by over 50% and Rochdale's hadn't quite kept up with that, grown about half of that rate at 24%. But that's just like the overall figure. When you actually look back behind, behind the figures, the areas where Rochdale actually outperformed were in areas like manufacturing, like construction. And it might surprise some, but it was areas like even uh, telecommunications had outperformed the areas of Greater Manchester. And you've got the likes of Zen, and a guy, Richard Tang, who set up his um, business there, employs 500 people as an internet service provider. And what you've effectively got within the RDA, uh, within Rochdale Development Agency, is a team that's very much focused on the one side of delivery in place. So able to transform the town centre and bring forward, um, you know, regeneration schemes and really change the image of the, the town. But on the one, on the other side, you've got another part to the organisation that really starts to work with companies and really starts to bring forward these opportunities. So I think whilst you look at those global figures and you'd say, oh, well, actually, you know, Manchester's boomed and other, other parts of Manchester have done very, very well. And that, that may be true. Um, there are actually some real strengths within Rochdale that RDA has been involved in to really make sure we've brought forward a, a real strong pipeline of projects that have completely transformed both Rochdale Town Centre and the other district centres of, of, of the borough. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, um, Neil touched on it there, some of the, the big projects. What do you think have been the catalysts for Rochdale's recovery over the last 10 years or so? Because so much has gone on. I think, I mean, we some of the, the town centre work is clearly important. People people see ta their town centres and and that sort of shapes how they see their, their place more broadly. And so it was important, I think, to get all our town centres functioning better. Um, and to some extent, Rochdale Town Centre itself was the the weakest link of, of the 
uh, of the sort of tertiary towns that, that we've got elsewhere in the borough. And so that that certainly needed fixing. So things like uh, the new transport interchange, taking out the old bus station um, was uh, crucial. The building I'm sat in now, building Neil and I are sat in, sat in now, uh, in one riverside, that was always intended to be a, a catalyst for the regeneration of the town centre. Of course, more recently, um, the uh, uh, leisure and retail development that um, we opened um, in, in the early stage of the pandemic, and it's uh, just finished, it was finished in uh, Easter 2020, perfect timing <laughs> and leisure, leisure uh, development. But in, in some ways, that that um, that probably there's a big message in that because what we did during the pandemic is we didn't stop, and so we we did followed through on lots of things. And that you know, as I say, that was a bit of a fluke, wasn't it? We didn't know the pandemic was coming when we when we started this development. But once it was finished, then we cracked on and, and got it. I think it's ninety. Five uh, percent let throughout that pan that pandemic period, and that you know that's that's going some. So, not only did we produce a retail and leisure development when most places weren't and couldn't, um, we made sure that in the in the teeth of the pandemic, we we got the damn thing let as well, uh, mm. and, it, and it's trading well. Yeah, and the, and the same goes for you know we did other things during the pandemic. Some of the strategies, they, um, the the growth our growth strategy, we actually launched that in twenty twenty. Um, because you you can't take your foot off off the gas, you've got to follow through on these things, even in the most difficult times, and you've got to see um, the the environmental conditions that you're facing up to as things that might buffet you. But at the end of the day, you've got to you've got to be clear where you're headed, and and it's that tenacity, I think, to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And they, like the, some of the words you use there, yes, ten, a lesson in tenacity and perseverance as well, Neil, isn't it? It really shows the, the spirit of, of Rochdale, not only as a council, but as a place, I suppose. And Steve mentioned you make, you make those big plans and we certainly needed to make big plans and we did make big plans and to be able to follow them through. You know, I think that's testament to the work of the council and RDA. But equally, I mean, Steve mentioned an example of things like the bus station. Um, you know, it, if you look at it, it's not actually just a bus station in the sense that it was Europe's first hydroelectric powered bus station. And now we're looking at lots of things around, um, you know, we've had COP26, we're thinking about climate change. I mean, that opened in 2012. I think that was a big plan around actually, you know, can we utilize the asset in the river and actually get that to power the bus station? You know, and obviously increasingly we're looking at clean air zones within Greater Manchester, electrifying the bus fleet. Um, and then you've equally got things like um, we talk about skills and quite a bold move. Rochdale tended to export um, its young people out of the borough for, uh, for its skills. And one of the bold things I think equally that's been done was things like um, Rochdale Sixth Form College that was constructed. And that topped the Department for Education's tables for value-added performance, I think four or five times within the 10 years it's been open. So it's a, you know really bringing forward that talent. And we know that investment takes a long time. And, and you think some of that talent now coming through into the businesses within the borough, bringing those sort of ideas forward, obviously start to see the fruits of some of that labor then. Um, but you know it does it does start with that real big plan and having that 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 big approach and really having the the tenacity as Steve mentioned to really follow it through. But I think crucially for me is we've you know we've delivered these products 
where a lot of places have, have announced things and you'll see it on your website is, you know, it's very easy to do the, the comms and make the marketing and write the press, but it's much harder to see it through and go through all the tough times. And it wasn't easy to deliver uh, Rochdale Riverside. We've got a team within RDA that had to work very, very hard to actually see that through. And then it even more compounded by the fact it opens in a pandemic. But, you know, you look at some of the data coming out of it, there's like, you know, um, I think the footfall in the town centre has actually gone up um, from about 5 million to, to 7 million across the year. So, you know, you think in the context of all the things we've gone through, uh, it's very interesting that, you know, the way that things are, uh, are panning out now when you actually look at some of the data coming out. Yeah, and it's interesting um, that you say about that point about delivery. It's all well and good having these strategies in place, but you have to deliver them. And that's, go again, feeds into the debate about the faith of, of residents and stakeholders. If they can see that the council is delivering, they'll have more faith in what they're delivering, I suppose. Um, you know, without meaning to sort of put them under a spotlight, but we've seen what's happening in Bolton um, with sort of their large regeneration strategies that have hit the buffers somewhat because of issues. Um, Steve, what are this, what is the secret to delivering on those strategies? How do you pull together all those different strands and make sure what you get at the end is what you wanted? Um, well, I mean, you've got to be flexible and, and pragmatic um, on some of these um these projects. I mean, that the thing that we have in very much in common with with the likes of Bolton, of course, is the values that we have to work with um, are, are not great, and that makes it really hard to make some of these projects uh, stack up. Um, but it, essentially, um, we have a, I suppose, a sort of a, a dual focus. One is about um, making sure that we're rebuilding the economy across the whole borough, uh, and the second thing is that we've got a very strong residential strategy as well. So the um, the other um, ma major strategy that we launched during the pan pan pandemic um, was the uh, rail corridor strategy. And that's about using our six railway stations uh, to uh, focus residential development su supported by um, a mod relatively modest amount of, of workspace as well. Um, so creating opportunities to live and work locally, but also creating opportunities for uh, to, to capitalise on our, our uh, connectivity to, to central Manchester. You know, we've got um, railway station in central Rochdale is 15 minutes from central Manchester. The apartments that we're starting to produce in the town centre are probably half the price of something you would buy in central Manchester. So there's a real, so it's creating opportunities for people to, to work in Manchester and live in the borough, um, but also creating jobs in the borough as well. It's got to be both and. It can't, it, it, we, we won't rebuild um, the Rochdale that we want by being a community town, but that's clearly part of it. We won't rebuild it by simply trying to produce new jobs in Rochdale. We've got to capitalise on what Manchester gives us as well. Okay, excellent. And that, the, we're starting to see plans come forward, aren't we? With Castleton, um, Littleborough, we, we've seen um, more details come forward. It was the first uh, collaboration with the Greater Manchester Station Alliance, this rail corridor strategy, wasn't it? Which is a... a a consortium made up of Network Rail, Northern Rail, Transport for Greater Manchester, LCR and the Combined Authority. They obviously see the uh, the promise there with the, this project and what it can deliver. Um, I wonder if we can talk about what Rochdale can offer the wider 
Greater Manchester economy. You know, we talk about levelling up within Greater Manchester um, quite a lot. What What is Rochdale's role in that, do you think? Neil, you first, and then Steve, you might have some thoughts. Yeah, well, I, th- I think we heard, um, you know, about the rail corridor on one of your earlier, earlier podcasts, and that really is quite an innovative approach to how, you know, certainly in the Greater Manchester context, to how you bring forward development related to, to train stations. And I, I always remember one of the towns um, Rochdale's twinned with is Bielefeld in Germany. And I learned recently that uh, Bielefeld has a reputation in Germany, that it's a place that people regard, you know, as it doesn't exist. And the joke supposedly goes that people said, have you ever met anyone from Bielefeld? And often the answer be no and they go exactly you know it doesn't exist and in many ways i think when people would think about rochdale you know we'd often think about a a negative perception but i think people you know wouldn't necessarily have any perception certainly outside of the region of the area and i think often when you look at greater manchester people might not be clear on on what role greater manchester has but i think with some of these plans that we're bringing forward and very much focusing on our strengths as we've mentioned in this related to advanced manufacturing we can really see that we've got lots of space to grow. We've got those manufacturing firms. We're building certain partnerships there between the sector and between certain institutes um, within that space. And we really have something different that, that Manchester can offer. And you talked a lot about sort of reflecting on Rochdale's past. I think what's been really beneficial for, for Manchester in terms of its growth has been around the professional services and the creative and digital sector. And whilst that's very important, I think what we've seen with COVID is that's not going to be the the entire answer of how we recover from this pandemic and there is going to be a lot more focus on how we actually look at manufacturing what we do around logistics what we do around construction which are three of the areas Rochdale is most strong on and I think in terms of the uniqueness and you mentioned the secrets before we are organized differently with Rochdale Development Agency with that unique focus to work on work with businesses and actually deliver projects and make things happen and I think what we offer then in terms of Greater Manchester is a is a different approach and a different way that we can respond to this pandemic and all that work that we've done um, building up to this point really puts Rochdale in a prime position to go and deliver this and then obviously offer a fantastic product for the for the for the borough and the wider city region. Yeah, and I think that leads us nicely, doesn't it, to talk a bit about the Advanced Manufacturing and Productivity Institute. Steve, can you tell us a little bit about that and the role that's going to play in Rochdale's further um, recovery and and, pro- and pros- prosperity in the future? Well, it fits fits very much with what, um, what, what the government are trying to achieve and certainly what Greater Manchester are trying to achieve, achieve in terms of innovation. Um, we, we know that we've got to build... Um, our economy on innovation. Um, R&D is crucial. The government's talking about putting a lot more money into that. It's, it's potentially part of the um, so-called levelling up agenda, which we might want to talk, touch on later. Um, I mean, I'll let Neil talk more about the, the detail of the project. But what I did want to mention, actually, was something about uh, Neil mentioned space and what Rochdale brings to Greater Manchester going forward is just, is just that. As part of the spatial uh, planning that's going on at the moment. Um, the largest uh, strategic employment site for the first time ever is going to be in the north of the Colibation. Um And that's a massive, massive opportunity. And that's something that we will bring to Greater Manchester um, to benefit the whole of the north of the Conurbation. Um, you know, we've, we've, we, talk, we talk often about the, uh, the north-south divide in 
in UK PLC, we talk, talk about the need to level up. But actually, a lot of that levelling up job is a local levelling up job. It's, it's about levelling up Greater Manchester. And in, in some ways, unless you level up Greater Manchester, you're never going to level up uh, the city region as part of U, the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be both of those things, and so it's, yeah. and that makes it really complicated and really, really difficult. Um, but an, an AMPI is, I suppose, something that could be a, a leading edge opportunity, not just not just for Rochdale, not just for Greater Manchester, but actually, it's something that that the the UK needs. Mm-hmm. Neil, do you want to pick up on on AMPI in a bit more detail? Yeah, tell us, tell us about what it is, where it's going to be, the partners that you're working with, that sort of thing. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, the, the in, innovative approach, I think, that Rochdale's brought to this is that when we're looking at the economy and when we're looking at what we need to do, often, typically, what you'll see is people turn to government or they'll turn to universities for ideas. And I think what was interesting about the the AMPI scheme, the Advanced Machinery and Productivity Institute, is that um, through the work we did with businesses, and particularly working with a local business, a precision engineering firm called PTG Holroyd, the chief executive there, a guy called Tony Bannon, has got a real passion uh, passion around machine tools and they're being at the fundamental heart of manufacturing and if you picture any factory you'll often see all and even if you think of in the context of automotive industry you'll see all these robots and you see these um, cars coming down the line and and you you've seen a trend where increasingly lots of automation lots of precision um, machinery is is used to create some incredible products even like you know iphones and the technology we're using to to record this podcast but the one thing the uk hasn't done is whilst it's 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 really focused on the um well it, it, i should say the one thing it hasn't done is focused on the production of that manufacturing technology the uk has really been focused on how it uses the technology so it's taking those machines and those robots that have been developed whether it be in europe or america or asia and and how we use it and we're increasingly seeing with ampi that there's an interest in can we actually create those products itself so effectively uh, the ampi project is proposed to be a, a new center that would be based in rochdale that would create the new machines technology uh, and people effectively when we're thinking about skills that's needed to create effectively tomorrow's products or materials um, and it's very much focused on a, a sector place that's focused within the machinery sector and they're really trying to grow grow the sector to a level similar to um, countries such as switzerland which have a population of about seven million and if you think the uk has a population of we're probably approaching 70 million um, you know it doesn't seem inconceivable um, but there is really um, a focus of how we can do something for that sector, which is really at the fundamental heart of um, of manufacturing. So in order to do that, some of the things we've been doing is working with the National Physical Laboratory, who are the UK's measurement laboratory. So they were the people that in the context of Manchester would tell you that it's graphene and not graphite. They're interested in all the measurement standards. We've worked with the University of Huddersfield, which, you know, in political boundaries would be unusual because that's over the, the hill in uh, in West Yorkshire. But we've brought together Huddersfield with the University of Salford, uh, the University of Manchester and the University of Leeds alongside a consortium of industrialists. And this has very much been an industrial project project who very much recognize that need so they wanted to do something in this space and we've merely been the facilitator to to make that happen but we have been very bold that in the sense that we've used some of our towns funding we've been on that journey around the town center 
doing all that regeneration and we're looking at what's next in terms of can we actually invest in creating those high value jobs and that's in combination as well with what steve mentioned related to to the northern gateway site which is obviously that, that huge opportunity but for a long time there's been some focus on how we um how we commercialize advanced materials and that's very much building on if you look at the investment greater manchester's made into advanced materials it's put in excess of 300 million pounds into the city center of manchester and around the um the universities and this is very much now how do we commercialize that at scale so okay we've invented graphene how do we actually commercialize this not in grams not in kilograms effectively in tons and we know within that strategy there's a, an interesting synergy between the machinery you're going to need to to produce that and obviously those materials that whether it go into construction whether it go into automotive aerospace whatever sector it goes into mm. um you know i think some of the, those underpinnings of those projects and some of the partners will enable us to realize that space in a, in a really different way yeah absolutely it sounds absolutely fascinating a few facts and figures um it looks it could boost the rochdale economy by 144 million in the next five years um grow the UK's advanced machinery capabilities to 2 billion export capacity within 10 years, establishing 30,000 high-value high manufacturing jobs, uh, 660 direct jobs as well uh, in the first instance. So let's look forward now. We've looked back 10 years um, and Rochdale leaving the, the, the high street, the interventions, and now we're, we're on the cusp of this, you know, amazing... Um, innovative facility for Rochdale that could turn it into the, you know, the go-to place for uh, that sector. So let's look forward 10 years now. Um, Steve, what will Rochdale be like in 10 years? It'll be a more prosperous version of its current self. I mean, Rochdale's a great place. I think we, you know, it's really important to recognise that. It's got, it's, it's surrounded by wonderful countryside. And even when we, even when we release a little bit of green belt, for our employment sites, it will still be surrounded by a lot, a lot of countryside. Uh, so it gives. So it's a great environment. So we're going to put. We're going to be bringing in um, some new homes being developed. It's going to provide homes for people within the borough. So it pr provide the, the so-called ladder, the housing ladder in, in the borough. But it'll also bring in uh, new people and give people offer people homes, people that are working in the new industries, in the new businesses that are going to be created, uh, clustered around Ampe. And also, incidentally, there's we've we've got both materials and machinery in our sites. The machine, the Ampe, the machinery is. is arguably a little more developed the materials work in greater manchester is very much focused on universities but there's a need as well to get that out of academia and uh, use the benefits that academia can give you to to commercialize materials too and so there's a uh, an, an idea about a, a, a materials catapult so our idea is that we can bookend our new sites with a with, with Ampi that's focused on machinery. And so it's about getting some of that market back rather than buying our machines from Italy, um, China, Japan, and Germany. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's got to be fixed, but also the material side of it. So we, we what we want is to bring those two things together. So we've got advanced materials and smart people looking at advanced machinery to make stuff and export stuff out of those, those new uh, materials. And so it's really exciting. Yeah, it is. And Neil, to finish with you, uh, how do we ensure that uh, Rochdale continues to deliver on these strategies? 
you know, how can Rochdale set itself apart from other areas in the country and in GM as a place that actually delivers on what it says it's going to do? I think, you know, we, we talked about looking at the past and, you know, making these big ideas. And I think it is, and we've seen it with the town centre that we followed through, you know, and, and stuck with those ideas. And I think it does take time. And I think one of the things we, we're going to have to do is is really see it through. But effectively, I think we can't do it on our own. Um, you know, I think we recognise that. And we've really, as Stephen mentions, in the context of the uh, universities and academia, I think even the council recognise we're not going to bring forward this transformation on our own and we need to work within industry and we need to keep those partnerships strong. And I think with the with the unique nature of RDA as, a, as an organisation and the real forward thinking and bold vision of the council coming together, I think it's maintaining those two um, there's two elements, but really recognizing that we can't do this without industry support. And they're going to be the guys that start to create the jobs that create the, you know, that bring the people into the area. That mean people can go and live in these, the new homes we create and use the town centers. So I think we've very much got to be focused on really working with the private sector, working with our firms, both here and elsewhere, because we think with some of the developments we're coming through Rochdale is probably one of the most attractive places in the country to come and invest. Could I just say, Dan, this is probably a good note to end on. We're talking about economic development here. And I mentioned that in uh, 10 years' time, uh, Rochdale will be a much more prosperous place. But this is all about people. And this, when I say it's a more prosperous place, I'm talking about um, people having more disposable income, people being healthier because they've got good jobs, uh, having a, f- a fair distribution of, of wealth, a fairer distribution of wealth to make sure that people are benefiting from the growth that we're helping to enable. And so fundamentally, this is about our agenda, is about making Rochdale a, a great place to, uh, to live, uh, to grow up uh, and to grow old, which actually reflects what Greater Manchester is trying to achieve. And part of that is to make sure that Rochdale in particular, but Greater Manchester in general, uh, is working towards being a, a net contributor to UK PLC, not a net taker uh, mm. through benefits and so forth. And so that's the sort of place that we want to see Greater Manchester become and Rochdale become a key part of that. Fantastic. Yeah, and a brilliant place to end. Steve, Neil, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of the Place Northwest podcast, brought to you in association with Rochdale Development Agency. To find out more about what is going on in Rochdale and to keep tabs on the many, many exciting projects that they have going on, visit www.investinrochdale.co.uk.